Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Christian Bro Code Podcast. I'm your bro, Mario Escobedo. This podcast is all about helping you grow as a disciple of Jesus so that you can live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. And this is how I define a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is somebody whose greatest desire in life is to be like Jesus and to live for Jesus. This podcast is designed to help all of us grow as disciples of Jesus, be people who are passionate about being like Jesus and living for him. And so in the podcast, what I do is I provide different episodes primarily on Bible studies. I I love doing Bible study and sharing the results of my Bible study with others. And so that's primarily what I do because I really do think that one of the primary sources that we need for growing as disciples of Jesus is, is the Bible. I mean, that's where we learn how to be disciples of Jesus. However, what's also very important is that we work out what we learn from the Bible in in community. So this podcast can serve as something of a community for you, but you really need to be plugged into your local church and find a community of men, of other Christian bros who also want to grow as disciples so that you can work out your discipleship, that you can learn from others and also contribute to the learning of others as we're all wanting to grow as disciples of Jesus. Now, typically, I upload a new episode the first Monday of every month. And so this is the month of June, 2019. And I already uploaded the episode for this month, but I decided to do a bonus episode. And the reason for that is that summer is starting. Kids are out of school or about to be out of school. And that leaves us a little bit more time. And there's also more work to be done, right? You, you cut the grass more frequently. Maybe you're going to clean out the garage. You're going to work on the car. I don't know, whatever. There's a, a bunch more stuff that we have to do uh, during the summer. And so I figured, hey, I'm going to provide my bros with a bonus episode, something they can hear as they're doing the multitude of things that they have to do. And also, just as a little side note here, if you're watching the YouTube video, you'll notice that I'm in a different environment. I'm, I'm in my truck right now. Uh, I'm not in my home office where I have my my setup that I usually use. I'm I'm in my truck right now. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you might notice that it sounds just a little bit different. And uh, the reason for that is talking about all the extra things we have to do in summer. Right now, I'm sitting in a parking lot in my truck outside of the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. And the reason for that is that my oldest daughter is graduating from high school today. And uh, she doesn't graduate until six o'clock in the evening. Right now it's about noon and I had to bring her to the rehearsal. And I said, this will be a perfect opportunity for me to record this bonus episode. So if it sounds a little bit different then you know, it, it's out of the way. We already mentioned it. Don't worry about it. That's, that's why it sounds just a little bit different. Here's what I want to share with you. I want to share with you uh, some insights from a portion of Psalm 19. And uh, I came across this psalm not too long ago. I mean, I've read it multiple times throughout my life, but I recently preached on this psalm uh, at my church. And it's it's a psalm that, that really talks about the importance of God's Word in your life, how important it is to make the routine of reading Scripture and meditating on Scripture part of your daily routine, making it uh, a habit. And in fact, I may have mentioned this in other episodes, but I I read a study a couple of years ago, maybe last year, I read a study uh, that was carried out by the Willow Creek Association. This is related to the Willow Creek Church in Illinois. And they, they did a pretty exhaustive study, very interesting study. And here's what they discovered among the many, many things that they discovered in this study. They discovered that the spiritual practice 
that would most advance your spiritual growth was daily reflection on Scripture. Reading your Bible and reflecting on what you read in Bible will, without, like, it's not even close. It's the spiritual practice that will most advance your spiritual growth. And I think that makes incredible sense because as you become more familiar with Scripture and you make it a practice to read Scripture on a daily basis and reflect on Scripture on a daily basis, that one practice leads you to all the other spiritual practices we should be engaging in, prayer, fasting, meditation, etc. And And in my mind, I've noticed that in my life, the moments that I've experienced the biggest, I don't know, jumps, leaps, peaks, I don't know, something like that, of spiritual growth, have been those moments when I have made the study of Scripture just central to what I do on a daily basis. And so when I preach this sermon in my church, it was because I wanted to talk to my people about the importance of making Scripture reading and reflection a a daily habit for them. This is something we've talked about repeatedly at our church. And the way I presented it this past Sunday when I preached it was that when you don't read your Bible every day, you are starving your spiritual self to death. You don't read Scripture. You don't engage in the spiritual practice of daily engaging, reading, and reflecting on Scripture on a daily basis. You are starving your spiritual self to death. And I used Psalm 19 as the basis for for my sermon on that Sunday. And I want to share with you not the entire psalm, but something that I found very, very interesting as I was studying this psalm. And it has to do with the first six verses of this psalm. I'm going to read these first six verses, give a little bit of an explanation about them, and then talk about how those six verses relate to the remainder of the psalm. So I'm reading using the English Standard Version. Uh, All the versions on this particular psalm are pretty similar. The ESV, the NIV, uh, the NRSV, they're all pretty similar. Not a whole lot of variance between the English translations. But here's how they read. You've probably read these or heard these verses at some point before. This is how it goes, uh, a psalm attributed to David. It says like this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out, or bubbles out, is another translation from the Hebrew, pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Verse 3, There's no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set, this is God, in them he has set to the end of the world. I'm sorry, I misread that. In them, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man run its course with joy. Verse 6, it's rising, the sun, it's rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. Okay, so these six verses, how do they relate to the remaining verses starting in verse 7? Because this psalm, Psalm 19, is is a psalm that talks about the importance that the Word of God should have in our lives as God-fearers. And so you look at these first six verses and you start thinking, okay, all right, wait, wait a minute. If this psalm is talking about God's Word and the importance of God's Word, why do the first six verses talk about creation? And the heavens declaring the glory of God and the firmament uh, talking about that and, and the sun and all that. What in the world does creation and, and talking about creation, what does that have to do with the importance and the centrality that God's word should have in our lives as God-fearers? 
And I was I was thinking about that. And as you read, especially for me, it made sense to me as I read the first couple of verses, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. I started thinking about what that means in relation to the scriptures, in relation to the Bible. And and here's here's what I was able to, to, to figure. Here's my interpretation of these verses. David was talking about looking all around you and recognizing that creation itself speaks of God's glory. Creation itself gives evidence of God's glory. And and bear in mind that David didn't have access to the, what do you want to call it, the scientific knowledge that we have at our disposal. And even with that, David just looked around and he said, when I look at the sky, oh my goodness, when I see creation, it speaks to me of God's glory. It lets me know about God's glory. And 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 here's here's what here's what we can tell now. We now know a whole lot more about creation, about nature, about what we see around us than what David knew in his day. And it blows my mind how for example, uh, planet Earth, how God situated planet Earth exactly where it is in in our solar system at the perfect distance from the sun so that it's able to sustain life and not just human life, but a very complex and complicated system of life that includes many kingdoms and species and subspecies and all that, and and that it's situated at, at the exact distance from the sun that it needs to be situated in order to sustain life, complicated, complex systems of life for many, many millennia, for many centuries. You'll notice that planets that are closer to the sun, it's too hot. They can't sustain life. Planets that are farther away from the sun, it's not hot enough. They can't sustain life either. But Earth is situated exactly where it needs to be at a perfect distance from the sun in order to be able to sustain life. Not only that, but and I'm I'm not an expert on this, obviously, but the, the, the rotation of the Earth, how it spins every single day, how it spins. It's at a perfect velocity. It's not too slow. It's not too fast. It's not too slow so that parts of the world won't be burned up by the sun's heat. And it's not too fast that they won't get enough heat. I mean, it's at a, pro, at a perfect rotation. It's, it's circling perfectly. And not only that, it's rotating around the sun at, at a perfect velocity as well. All of this to sustain life. Now, as as believers, as disciples of Jesus, we believe in, in the creator, that God creates and sustains all of life to include life here on planet Earth, of course. And so we believe that it's God who created everything that we see in creation, that it's God who placed Earth exactly where it is and gave it its its rotation, and, and not only its, its rotation as it spins, but also around the sun. We believe that God did all of that. And, and here's... Here's where I think this is important and why I think David started this psalm this way, talking about creation. Remember, Psalm 19 is a psalm that extols the importance and the centrality that God's Word should have in our lives. Why does David start a psalm that talks about God's Word talking about creation? Here's what I think it is. Here's what I think David was doing. I think David was saying, look, when you when you look at all of creation and you realize its precision, its perfection, just how everything is laid out perfectly, you, your mind or your heart begins to ask, 
What kind of being could do this? I mean, what kind of being? I, I know it couldn't be in a human. What kind of being has the power, the wisdom, the ability, the knowledge to be able to do all of this, this being creation? Who could do that? And so I think what David is trying to provoke in us is, is that sense, that desire of questioning. When I see all of creation and how perfect it is, it declares the glory of God to the point that I begin to ask and to wonder, who could do all of this? And beyond that, I think David would say something like this, wouldn't you love to know who did this? And not only that, but wouldn't you love to have access to that creator? Wouldn't you love to have access, direct access to the creator of this marvelous, precisely placed, perfect creation? Wouldn't you love to have access to the creator of the creation? I think that David starts off this psalm, Psalm 19, with these first six verses, with the intention of wanting to provoke in us this desire to ask, who did all of this? But not only that, but then to ask beyond that, can I have access to that wisdom? Could I have access to that knowledge? Could I have access to that creator behind this marvelous and splendid creation? And, and then it's from there that David begins in verse 7 to talk about the different benefits of the Word of God. So I'm just going to read verse uh, verses 7 and, uh, yeah, just verse 7, just as an example. I'm not going to go through the remainder of the psalm. But look at what David does. Without any transition, without any warning, without any transition statement, hey, I'm talking about the creation. Now I'm going to talk about God's Word. He just jumps straight from verse 6 and talking about the creation straight into verse 7. He starts saying, the law of the Lord is perfect. And in verse 7, by that, by the way, the word law there is Torah. Law is only one way that we can translate Torah. I prefer the word instruction because it doesn't only refer to the, the literal laws in, in God's word, but just his instruction in general. The, the instruction, the Torah of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And then from there on, he just goes describing different components of, of the, or benefits rather, of God's word. But notice that jump between describing creation and how creation declares the glory of God, and this just jumping straight into describing the different benefits of God's Word. And and you might feel that that's a little disjointed, that, wow, you know, this these two don't belong together. And in fact, some scholars would propose that these were two different psalms at one point, that at some point in its, in its redaction, its uh, redaction means editing, that someone, for whatever reason, put these two together and made one psalm all of them out of them. I, I don't doubt that. I mean, that. That's very possible. But what we have now is Psalm 19 in its final form. That's what I choose to study. And so I think that this, this makes great sense that David would start in the first six verses of this psalm talking about how the creation speaks to God's glory. Do you want to know that creator? Do you want to have access to the knowledge, the wisdom, the ability, the intelligence of that creator? Well, guess what? It's all been revealed to you in his word. You can have access to that creator. You can have access to that wisdom. You can have access to that intelligence. It's all revealed to you in the word of God. Basically, David is saying the same creator of the creation has revealed himself to us 
in his word. And guess what? You have unfettered, unrestricted access to that intelligence, that wisdom, that God who created everything. You have access to him through his word. And so again, in verses 7 through, what is it, 11? Yeah, verses 7 through actually pretty much the rest of the psalm, David is talking about all the different benefits that come from accessing the creator, God himself, through his word. And just how much better your life is when you access the creator of this creation through his word. And and I, I find that just fascinating. I find that wonderful to know that the God who created the entire universe as we know it has opened himself up to us through his word. He's revealed himself to us in his word. And so that when I need help in my life, when I need direction, I need guidance in my life, what has God done? He's revealed himself to me. He's made himself accessible. His wisdom that created the entire creation that as I know it, that wisdom is accessible to me through his word. And so I I hope that with that, you and I can both see the importance that God's word should have in our daily lives, the guidance that we receive from it, the, the wisdom that we can tap into if we simply make God's word, reading it, reflecting on it, meditating on it, studying it, making it a central component of our lives as disciples, the benefits that we have. And it's not just that we want to seek the benefits of God's word, although that, that's fine. But it's, it leads us to obedience to God. It shows us how to live a life of obedience to our Creator. And so with, with that, I'd, I'd encourage you that if you're currently not in the habit of reading the Bible every day and, and reflecting on it every day, let me encourage you to begin to make that a habit of yours starting today. There's so many different resources available on the internet, apps, all kinds of things that can help you put together a reading plan, something that would help you make the reading and the reflection of God's word part of your daily habit. And 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 I think that by reading Psalm 19, we get an idea of why it's so important that we do that. Uh, I'll, I'll encourage you to do that. In fact, the other day, we were having a team meeting uh, with the, the people I work with at church, my team at church. And we were all talking about the different ways that we feel God speaks to us. And, and I told them, you know, I don't, I don't get visions. I don't get prophecies, nothing like that. When I feel God speaks to me is when I set apart time beyond my daily devotional, beyond just reading for, you know, reflection. When I set apart time to do a deep dive study of God's word, so much, I, I just learned so much from those those sessions of deep study, God speaks to me in very clear ways through his word. And, and I know that that's something that, that's not limited just to me. It's something that that's for all of us. One of the things that I consistently tell the people in my church is God didn't give us his word just to keep it hidden from us. Yes, it requires study. It requires effort and time to understand scripture, but that's part of it. That, that, that's part of, of the joy of reading and learning from scripture. But God didn't give us his word to conceal it from us, to keep it hidden from us. It's so that we can learn from it and grow so that we can know him better and that we can become better disciples of Jesus, grow as disciples of Jesus who live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. We can learn through scripture how to be more like Jesus and how to live for Jesus. And the primary source for us is scripture. So I'll leave you with that thought. 
in this episode. Go back, read Psalm 19, chew on it for yourself. And again, if you haven't done so, begin the habit of incorporating daily reading and reflecting on Scripture in your life, and you will see growth. You will see growth in your life. So, hey, again, this is this is a bonus episode. Uh, this is coming out the second uh, Monday in June. You can always count on a new episode on the first Monday of every month, but this one, it's just a bonus episode that I wanted to give out to you uh, because th- there's extra time sometimes in summer that you can you can listen to something additional. Again, the whole point of this podcast is to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus who lives, loves, and leads in a way that honors God. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. God bless. I'll see you in the next one.